Hi, welcome to Mom Talk. I'm Andrea. And I'm Beth. And Andrea and I are moms with smartsocial.com. And this week we are going to talk a lot about YouTube. So if YouTube is a point of discussion or contention in your house with your kids, like it is for a lot of us, hopefully today we'll give you some good food for thought, some tips, and some resources of how to make YouTube a great tool and resource that it can be for your kids and your family. So Andrea, you spent a lot of time the last few weeks. I'm sure your YouTube watch rate is very high right now, but tell us some of the biggest concerns that you found while you were researching that maybe parents should know more about that we don't know enough about. So honestly, YouTube can be great. There are some wonderful things about YouTube, specifically just the amount of information that is out there that you or your students can discover. You know, you can learn so many different things. My garbage disposal broke once and I, what did I do? I YouTube, how to fix my garbage disposal. I did, I fixed it. Didn't have to call anybody. It was fantastic. But with that wealth of information that's out there, there's a lot of stuff that your students don't necessarily need to be seeing as well. So it's pretty easy to access inappropriate content, especially for the younger viewers, because it's a place with things for all ages to just set your child free on YouTube is not the best idea. So some of the best tips, if your child is kind of under the age of 12, look into YouTube kids. YouTube kids is a great option for, for young students. You can set age ranges for them. There's three different age ranges that you can set that shows videos appropriate for them. There are ads, but they're limited and they're supposed to be kid-friendly ads. So at least they're not seeing adult advertisements, which is nice. And then one of the best parts about it is there's a time limit feature. So you can set a time limit on it and it doesn't just remind them like, Hey, time to get off. It actually shuts the app or locks the app, which is fantastic. So last year, our family was struggling with YouTube a lot with online school and killing time. And I started using YouTube kids accounts. So our family has two accounts, one for each of the kids. They hit that time limit and the kids are very smart doesn't take a genius to just open a Chrome browser and go to youtube.com. So yes, YouTube kids can be a fabulous app, but the next part is there are so many ways to access YouTube. It still has that struggle. Yeah. Because it goes beyond the app. It's easy to just type in youtube.com and there you have the world of YouTube and all that it has to offer at your fingertips. So that is definitely a good point. And so one of the biggest tips is to talk to your kids. Yes. And get them to only use the app or when they're logging in on a computer to log in under their specific login or your family's login, or if they have a specific login and an account to use that account only. Because another thing that you can do with YouTube is use Google's family link and you can set parent settings for that. So you set up an account for your child and you can actually control some other different things under the Google link as well, which is nice. But for YouTube, there's three different settings, nine to 12, 13 and above, and then all of YouTube. So I think for the older students who want to access a little bit more and are ready for it, it's a good option. So it will restrict some things, but not everything. And so you can control that through your parent settings, through your own app, which is great to be able to set that. And also a great thing because as they get older and are ready for more, you can adjust 
that setting with them, if that makes sense. And you can also, from your parent settings, turn off autoplay, which we highly recommend anyway, so that you don't get sucked into the endless stream of videos just coming on and not having control over what is being played next. Kind of, you know, you go into zombie mode. (laughs) So turning off autoplay, no matter what, is a big tip. But from the parent settings, you can turn it off and then the child or the student can't turn it on from their own account. So when you go through family link, yes, that's the only way to be able to set that. So YouTube in its own app does not have parental control. The controls to for YouTube, which YouTube is a Google company fall under the Google family link parental controls. So parents, if you're going in and you're just looking in YouTube on your student's device and you want to find how to set a pin or how to save those settings, you can save some of those settings, but there's nothing stopping the student within the YouTube app from going in and changing the settings themselves later. So parental controls for YouTube come from Google's family link. Yes, they do come from Google's family link, but once that the account is set up, you can access it from your own personal YouTube app. It's under settings and then parent settings, which is helpful to have it all in one place. And you can access all of the accounts you supervise are listed there and you can see, you know, just really easily move from one account to the other to adjust settings. One of the biggest struggles about YouTube is that addiction, whether you have autoplay on or not, there is just so much content on YouTube that appeals to so many different interests, so many different people. So one of the big questions is why do kids want to be on it so much? And I think in general, we can kind of answer that in the way that we feel addicted. We had a really good opportunity to hear from some high school students about why they're addicted and how they use YouTube. So let's share a little clip of that right now. What I like about YouTube is just how much I can see just from my phone or computer. I can see things from all over the world happening in short clips or long clips and learn a lot of new stuff about the world around me just from the comfort of my own home or just on my computer at my desk. I like YouTube a lot because there's tutorials and I get to learn new things. Like maybe if I'm struggling on a subject in school, I can research that subject. Like how do you do this? How do you do math? I use it for perfecting my stroke in swimming, like watching Olympians and their stroke and seeing how they do it and seeing how I can improve and kind of watch them. I do enjoy watching swimming on YouTube because swimming is my passion and seeing other people swimming and just learning about how to do my passion better and just um, improve on myself. I really enjoy that because I can apply what I watch on YouTube to my life. And I do think that is very important. My favorite like topic or channel, which I feel is a little niche, is actually teacher stuff because I want to be a teacher when I'm older. And so I love watching teacher vlogs and I guess vlogs in general and just seeing lifestyle stuff and then also seeing types of content creators who are my same age or like in college so I can learn from them about what I want to do in the future. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. I probably come home like every single day and at least watch some sort of YouTube. It kind of is my relax like as other streaming services are. I really like YouTube as one of those options. I probably watch more than an hour a day. I love those responses. So first of all, those students are just great students. They're just awesome. But to hear how they're using it in a really positive way and their specific interests, I think is fantastic. 
oftentimes when I think of my kids watching YouTube, they want to watch things that, that don't make them better humans. And they're just kind of mind numbing entertainment, but there's so much else out there. And to hear these students talk about their, their niche interests that they want to learn more about her swimming stroke or her future as a teacher, I think is just really refreshing and a great reminder for parents that it's not all just a time waste. I think where we get into the trouble is when that one teacher video becomes another teacher video and then it becomes another video and then maybe it turns into a Saturday Night Live skit or, you know, like it, it's snowball effect that YouTube offers is where I think we really get into trouble with kids watching. Yeah. And, you know, I really like that we see both sides to that student that she talked about her niche and what she likes doing, but at the same time, she admitted that it's her relaxation, which is fine. And we all need something to relax at the end of the day, especially teenagers and the pressure that some of them face. But how do you know when to cut it off? I think is the biggest thing. And that is as a parent, what I want to help my kids recognize for themselves is when have I fulfilled my need to be relaxed and when is it time to move on to something else you didn't want to say our kids want to watch something stupid but I agree my kids (laughs) love watching other people play video games which I thought was so stupid I saw a meme that said something like but you're watching somebody else remodel a house like (laughs) okay yes I get it recently we have been talking about Minecraft in our house my son loves watching other people play Minecraft there's a couple of really big Minecraft people on YouTube and then when I see him playing the game and I've asked him how did you learn how to do that why do you know what this stuff is because Preston told me on YouTube So even though it might seem pretty mind numbing to us of what they are learning, if that's all they're doing and that's all they're exposed to is just watching other people do it versus then actually getting to go out and use that skill or use that knowledge, there's good possibilities for even the things that as moms, we may think is kind of mind numbing. No, I, I totally agree. And something that you can do to help with the time suck that, you know, the endless loop of videos besides autoplay is Even just within the app, there are time limit reminders that you can set so that like we've talked about with Instagram before, they'll show up, they'll pop up and say, your time's up. Why don't you take a break? You know, you've been on here for 20 minutes. Time to walk away. I need those reminders too. I think it's good for all of us. People create content on YouTube, on television, on any entertainment to keep us interested and to keep us watching. That is their job is to make it so interesting that that's what we want to do because that's how they make their money. But we have to be self-aware enough. And some of these apps are giving us help with that, with those reminders. So I think... It's a struggle that a lot of moms have. And I think that's the goal of you and me talking on mom talk about it today is to reassure parents you are not alone. This is a struggle for many students. It's a struggle for many parents. And I think just in general, the more discussions I have with my kids, instead of just saying, no, we're done, turn it off, go do something else. When that discussion evolves into what are you learning? What can we take from this? the more connections they see to other things that they want to do and time to get off YouTube because there's something else they actually want to do. Yeah. And I think a great one is what are you watching? Why do you like this? Can I watch it with you? You know, that, that goes a long way. And then all of a sudden mom or dad is interested in their interest as well, which is always good. That goes, Oh, that goes a long way. It goes a long way on YouTube, on Instagram, on 
any of the apps our kids are asking for when we show genuine interest. And it may not start as genuine interest. It may be just, I'm interested in my kid and what you are interested in. But then the more I learn about it, it's like, oh, okay, maybe there is something behind this, especially the way your brain works. So let's figure it out together. And how cool is it? I mean, we sometimes reference, you know, the fact that our grow, our youth and the way we grew up is so different than the way things are now. But how cool is it that my daughter who loves to bake can sit down at the computer or a phone or an iPad and type in baking videos and just learn from other people baking in an instant. She doesn't have to wait for her favorite show to come on and then record it and, you know, to be able to watch it over. I just think that that's, that's remarkable that that even exists and that we're able to do that. Yes. The world is so full of opportunities, which I think is what I want my kids to see and to take advantage of all the opportunities that are out there to become great people, not just in the future, but even today, we want them to be good people, to be able to socialize with their friends, to be smart, to be kind, to be helpful to others, but that's a lot of pressure on them. So then going back to, yes, I want them to find a way to relax and to have self-care and take care of yourself too. But too much of it is the opposite of self-care. There's just so many opportunities. I think as parents, we can help our kids see those as opportunities rather than just something to do. So With the app guides that we do for smartsocial.com, we generally rate them into three different categories, the green zone, the gray zone, the red zone. And we have gone back and forth as a team in the last week of where does YouTube fall? So you and I have some similar opinions. We have some differing opinions. Josh has opinions too. So Some of us think it should be a green zone. Some of us think it should be in the gray zone. This is definitely for me a a gray zone because of the amount of content that is out there and accessible. And because it can go beyond just the app that can have limits and set controls because you can sit down at any computer or device and use the browser, access all of YouTube. Now on the flip side, there are lots of positives to all of that content that is available, which makes it kind of go green. So it's arguments for both, but another gray zone to me is their live streaming ability. You can sit down and watch live streaming games or the news or music and it's a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get when you sit down and do that. If your restricted mode is turned on, then some of that is restricted through live as well, but still it's live. So someone on the YouTube side has to be ready to shut it down. if it gets really inappropriate and it doesn't always happen in an instant before people can see it. And also with the live option is a live chat. So once again, there, I know it's monitored in a sense, but not right away. You can see things and people say inappropriate words and phrases and that you probably don't want your student to see. So that makes me go gray. It makes all of us go gray. Doesn't it? I find this to be a tricky app and can argue it in lots of directions, but I remain confident in the gray zone because of that really. Yeah. And I think on the green zone side, there are some really great opportunities to shine online. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it a thousand times. 
because it may not be totally clear, but YouTube is a Google company. So because they are all interconnected and Google is such a powerful search engine, YouTube very often comes up in Google searches, which when we say shine online, that's when a student has the opportunity to showcase their skills, their talents, their ideas, when it is the right time. So that can help with college applications. It can help with job applications or scholarships. Having that type of presence online can really help a student. But then at the same time, I think, but that could really hurt a student because if somebody goes on and creates video after video after video, and they have a whole lot of history on YouTube, and then it comes to the time that they're applying for college or for scholarships, and that's what those people are finding about that student is all these old videos that they created without a great intention. It's the reverse of shining online. So there's good and there's bad. We can go to it to create. We can go to it to be entertained. We can go to it to be educated. So I think overall, the rating is really how the individual user is using it. Mm -hmm. If they're going in with a positive purpose and with a mindset and an intention to use it for good, Mm -hmm. it could be a great app. If they're going in and they don't have the intention behind why they're using that time, it's probably more of a gray zone. And I think that's with so many things in life, all in, there can be a product, but it's all in your intent and how you use it. Yes, absolutely. So parents, we would say if YouTube is a struggle, start the conversation, try to do it when you're not already frustrated that they're sitting there zoned out with YouTube, try to have the conversation somewhere else, get away from the computer or the phone, work it into everyday life, and then be involved with them. Like Andrea said, watch something with them. That can be so meaningful to your student that you're not just saying no, which drives them towards it even more. You're saying, let's figure this out and find a common ground that's safe for you and good for you. So summer has started for both of us, for all of our kids being home. I am sure my YouTube time will be going up more for the kids Mm -hmm. as we take a break and relax as the school year ends. Getting into summer is a great time for all of us to think about it and hopefully set some good ground rules. So let's take a break really quick and then we will come back and talk about how Smart Social recommends setting those ground rules for our families with our cell phone and social media agreement that we provide for everybody for free. You're listening to the smartsocial.com podcast. Each week we help parents and educators keep students safe on social media so they can someday shine online. Make sure you join our newsletter to get the most up-to-date social media alerts at smartsocial.com slash newsletter. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we send out the latest social media app resources that help parents and educators to navigate this challenging landscape with their students. Now let's get to the program. So last week, I kind of mentioned getting ready for summer and our kids and how we're going to handle and manage our kids and their screen time and just overall summer activities. And I talked about kind of coming up with an agreement with my kids on a checklist of after all of these things are completed, you may have, you know, a, a certain amount of screen time. It is kind of my plan for the summer. But I know there's a lot of parents out there that are dealing with cell phones and social media and their kids. Beth, why don't you give us some some advice on how to handle that in the summer coming up? 
Yeah. So smart social, we have a smartphone and social media agreement template. So really the goal of this is to establish ground rules as a family. So it's more than just kids saying, but I want this and parents saying no, several different options that parents can download, print out, or you can save to modify it yourself and make it specific to your family. It's really having a conversation and leading you into helping kids understand the ground rules, helping kids explain to you why they want the apps that they want, and then finding the middle ground for everybody and holding each other accountable for the ground rules. I love that it's easy to use and that you can adjust it for your family. So if there's something on there that we didn't include that you want to add in, you can do that. If there's something you don't think is important that you want to take off, you can take that off as well. So I think that is one of the best features of it and it's free. Yeah, I agree. And it's free and it's very easy to go into the page to click on the link. And then it will ask you to make a copy of the document in Google. So then you can modify it the way you want to modify it and save it for you. So some of the things that we cover in the agreement, the general categories are general guidelines. So understanding that if you're handing them a device, it costs money, how to take care of it, what those expectations are. And then we go into different screen time rules. So talking about what time the phone needs to go off every night, every weeknight, every weekend, if those are different. We talk about being light, bright, and polite. So that is one of our key phrases at smartsocial.com is that helping students think through everything that they post, making it light, bright, and polite. And what does that mean for our family and what should I, or shouldn't I post? And then we talk about going into very specific information about different apps, different accounts. We also list out some of the most popular apps. And then there's a column of whether this is allowed or not in our family. So it's very, very clear for kids If you don't want them on Instagram, you put no, you can explain why you can go visit the course. You can talk about the dangers, but seeing it in black and white, that it is not allowed can really set that ground expectation. There's no more excuse of, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to be on it. We always recommend that parents know their child's login information. So username and password for any app that they are on. This is, has lots of different safety reasons, but that can be very overwhelming. So part of our template is that there's a line and spaces for their username and their password. So as you are going through the social media agreement, you can go through it and accomplish that right away. So that information is on there. But also on our agreement template, we link to all of the different parent and student app guides for those specific platforms. So for example, Instagram is the top one. That's probably where a lot of kids are right now. So if you click on the word Instagram, it will take you to the smart social guide for Instagram. You can both click on that link and go to our app guide to learn about it right there and have that discussion. We also have some blank lines. So if there are apps that your student is asking for that are not covered here, simply write in the names, talk about them, search smartsocial.com and see if we have an app guide. If we don't ask us for one and we will try to help answer your questions to help guide your conversations. Overall, we hope the purpose of having a cell phone and social media agreement is to start a conversation, to have things in black and white so that nothing goes unsaid. You can always go back and modify it. You can create new ones. We recommend hanging it up on a fridge or keeping it in a place that everybody sees. Even if you're not reading through it every day, just the reminder that our family has had this discussion. We have ground rules. And we're holding each other accountable 
it's just a great benefit for every house. Yeah. I've heard Josh compare it to renting an apartment. The landlord won't just let you move in without any rules or, or signing a contract. You get a lease. You have to read through what your expectations are, what's expected of you, and then all parties sign it after an agreement has been made. So it's much in the same way. This phone for your children is ultimately owned by you since it's your home and you're the adult. Therefore, they should have to sign an agreement and to know what their expectations are before they get to use it. Yeah, absolutely. We say it's a cell phone and social media agreement. I think it really should just be an internet agreement because you and I have been talking a lot about the news and you know, different reports of wait until eighth and parents that say they're never getting their kids a phone and why. And to me, it all comes down to the internet connects us all. There are dangers on the internet, whether it's on a cell phone, a computer, a game system, there are dangers on the internet. So we have broken it down into devices. We've broken it down into different apps and platforms that they're on. But I think just having an overall expectation of anytime you touch the internet, these are the things I want you to think about, which is really our light, bright, and polite. Keeping them out of harm's way is our goal for all of our kids. All right, so I think that wraps it up for us. So we've mentioned that it is now summer break. So Andrea and I are going to spend more time with our kids coming up soon. So Mom Talk is going to slow down just a little bit, but we will still be putting out a lot of content on smartsocial.com. So if you are not a newsletter subscriber already, jump into that to get all of our tips every week. You will still see a lot of the work that Andrea and I are doing. If there's something hot or really important that Andrea and I are having a great discussion, about we will put out more mom talks we hope in august we will both be back into our normal work routines we always love hearing from smart social parents or educators if you have questions we would love to hear from you just go to smartsocial.com contact we will continue to monitor that and answer any questions that we can we just hope that everybody has a great summer enjoy the time with your kids as much as you can and take some time on screens with your kids take some time off screens with your kids and just enjoy it have a great summer thanks thank you for listening to the smartsocial.com podcast with this week's topics from beth and andrea if you enjoyed the mom talk discussion that we had today about all things social media from a mom's perspective we invite you to join the smartsocial.com vip program As a very informed parent VIP member, you will learn about the dangers and benefits of social media for your kids and get tips every week to keep your family safe online and most importantly, to teach your students how to shine online. We have over 130 detailed app guides that cover apps like TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, and 100 plus apps you might not have heard of, but your students may have visited or downloaded. Find out more and join today at smartsocial.com VIP. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review so we can continue to help more parents and educators just like you. I'm your host, Josh Oaks. As always, remember to keep it light, bright, and polite. We'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day.